from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program, featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Welcome to the Monday night edition of the program. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Uh, I know I did. And the phone number, if you want to join our late night national town hall conversation, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, one, it seems like... Um, and just, again, anecdotally, from the last few polls that I've seen, it seems that uh, the Hispanic vote is not necessarily secure for Democrats as it once was. It seems to be up for grabs. And I find that, uh, you know, not surprising, but interesting. Obviously, Hispanics have always, um, in my lifetime, happening to be, uh, having, happening to be Hispanic, right? Take two. I, uh, I've always realized that it was a very natural thing for Hispanics to be somewhat conservative politically because they were very conservative culturally. Uh, maybe not with our dancing and, and some of our, our, our uh, proclivity for flair and things like that. But when it comes to, you know, um, faith and family and God, uh, yeah, for sure. Those are, you know, very, very important things to, to just about every Hispanic I know uh, that is close to their culture. Now, those that have been two or three generations removed from wherever they came from, my parents came from Puerto Rico, um, you know, and then there was then there's me. Right. I'm that next uh, generation that was, you know, born here in New York. There's more and more of a loss of uh, American, uh, a loss of um, cultural value as they have become more Americanized, if I will. Right. And Puerto Ricans are Americans. But I'm just using my own family as an example that this is something I, I see, and you see it as well. You know, you go to a, a home in Mexico, let's just say, and, uh, you know, you'll still see a, a crucifix hanging on the wall or a picture, you know, if you go to a Cuban household, you see a picture of Jesus Christ hanging on the wall. And uh, this is less so in the next generation that comes after the parents. And I don't know what to, to uh, blame it on, per se, but I know that it makes sense that they're more conservative because, you know, those, those are the norms. People are focused on family and things like that. So it's interesting to see that that is currently uh, the case and that these polls are all trending that way. Some are even saying that many of these votes are going to go to Trump, that Trump is gaining ground amongst uh, Latino voters. Uh, about uh, three and a half weeks ago, USA Today, Suffolk University, showed Trump was ahead with 39 percent support amongst Latino voters surveyed compared to Biden's 34 uh, percent. Then uh, New York won a television station um, late last year. Uh, also had a similar poll. So, I mean, we, we see these trends, and there's been uh, several. Uh, you've got um, a large poll conducted by NBC again late last year, uh, found the same thing, that just a lot of uh, Hispanic voters find the cost of living in the economy. Now, that's not exclusive to Hispanic voters. Obviously, this is uh, something that is all voters, right? All voters, I think, are looking at this and saying, hmm, what's going on here? And the FIU poll also shows that what the issues are that are affecting people. And I think it's those issues where Biden's really failing. When we look at so much of um, 
just the, the headlines that are generated on a regular basis, uh, we see that Biden's not doing well. So what happens if Biden's not doing well? Who steps in? Of course, you know, we've been hearing the same thing over and over and over for months. Uh, it'll be Michelle Obama. It'll be Gavin Newsom. It's my belief that it won't be Michelle Obama, but I could totally be wrong. You know, she might say, you know, look, for the love of my country to protect democracy, I am going to be here to stop Donald Trump, who's a threat to our democracy. And she could say that. And that could happen. You've got Joe Manchin today saying that uh, he's going to launch a 2024 bid with uh, the no labels party if Biden has any type of health scare. Now, how do you announce something like that, right? How do you say if so-and-so has a health scare? Is that as if somebody called you and said, hey, good old Joe is going to have a health scare, so make sure you're waiting in the wings? I mean, I don't know how they, they frame this stuff. It seems kind of weird to me. But Joe Manchin reportedly remains very interested in launching this 2024 presidential bid. Uh, according to Breitbart News, uh, the uh, ticket would be on the no labels uh, party. Uh, affiliation. And this is only going to happen if Biden has a health scare. <laughs> and again, just because somebody's in their 80s doesn't mean they're going to have a health scare. Uh, Democrats have repeatedly raised concerns for months about Biden's 2024 chances due to his poor polling and his age and, you know, falling up the stairs and falling off a bike and stuff like that. You know, his physical stamina. Um, let's take a look at these uh, polls. Right, You got YouGov. 55% say Biden's health and age severely limit his ability to do the job. Redfield and Wilton Strategies, a small private poll, a majority of Democrats are concerned about Biden's ability. NBC News, most registered voters have major concerns about Biden's age and health. Manchin acknowledged that he has a role as a national icon in the fiscally responsible and socially compassionate middle and this is what he told to CNN earlier today. And he said he would only enter the race if the president experienced a quote unquote health scare that could give him an opening to run as an independent this year. So that means he'd be positioning himself against who uh, we think is already running right as an independent, which is RFK Jr. So I, I find that to be very interesting. How does that go? And is that just to kind of thwart some of the Democrats that would vote for J uh, RFK Jr.? Uh, to kind of go for Manchin. And do Democrats even like Manchin? Right? He's from West Virginia. It's a different kind of Democrat. Anyway, the No Labels ticket, it's, uh, it's established itself as a bipartisan group back in March. And they're, they're trying to affect the Super Tuesday votes and the rest of the primary. But they want to get in on time for that if they decide to run. So that leaves them about, I don't know, a month and a half for them to make up their mind whether he has a health scare or not. So the uh, No Labels leaders told CNN that they don't know if the retiring West Virginia is going to, Senator, excuse me, uh, is going to run. I don't know. I don't know either. Manchin says he's not pleased with many of Biden's fiscal and energy policies. And he asked if the, if the White House would give him a meeting to speak with President Biden about these issues, hoping to pull in, you know, more votes toward the middle. The White House obviously refused the meeting, uh, according to CNN. Uh, but without, um, you know, getting him too excited so he would go to the to the media. So we'll see how this continues to go. I don't know. This is uh, one or two reports. I don't know if I, uh, I believe it yet. I think Manchin's kind of hinted at this over and over. Uh, my I guess the bigger question is, if Manchin does in fact run, does he make Liz Cheney his VP? Is it like uh, that kind of party, right, where she runs as an independent or, 
she could I guess she can't run as a Republican. That's already she's missed the boat. Uh, but interesting to see how things are unfolding. I mean, it really looks like a free for And honestly, the, the less people know what they're doing and the more I see news like this, the less I truly think that Biden's able to pull off a win. Honestly, here, that, that would be the, the biggest win ever if Biden can pull off a win with his party not believing in him, with the Republicans not believing in him, with independents, uh, obviously Democrats uh, waiting in the wings to run against him as independents. And even um, the um, the um, Dem- uh, Democrat congressman that we talked about, uh, what's his name, Dean Phillips, uh, he ran uh, and is running against Biden. So uh, it seems like and saying that the, par- the whole party's delusional. I agree with him. So I'm really interested in seeing how this stuff plays out. I'd love to know your thoughts on it. We're going to be doing some calls in a little bit. So if you want to weigh in on that, feel free. 833-482-5337. Also, a little bit later on, we're scheduled to have a conversation on Iran and the border and what's going on in Texas. We're also going to talk about what's going on with American culture, American values, kind of what I was just talking about right now, that, you know, things that are closely held in Hispanic households. And I think we're closely held beliefs in most American households and have dissipated, and we don't see that anymore. So what's up with that? Where is it going? Uh, And then, of course, uh, we're scheduled to check in with uh, former deputy representative to NATO, General Blaine Holt, uh, a little bit later on, who's going to give us uh, the scoop on what's going on with the conflict that we saw in Jordan over the weekend. Three American soldiers were killed. What will that retaliation look like? So far, it just seems like Biden is kind of like, uh, well, we're going to... Right, that's kind of how Biden does it. And uh, plus, I got a little audio from Kamala Harris that I want to share with you. So keep it locked right here. We're just getting started. We got Open Phone America in the third hour, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you then as well. So we're just getting started. Kick up your feet, relax, and get comfortable. It's America at Night with me, Rich Valdez. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And as I mentioned, our, uh, I'm going to call her our least favorite vice president, Kemala Eris, and you know her well. We talk about here, her here on the show pretty often. Uh, Kemala Eris is giving a speech, and she's giving this speech. Let's see, where is she yesterday? At an event. Uh, where she wanted to trash Trump and echo the notion that Trump is a threat to democracy. Listen to this. We must recognize the profound threat he poses to our freedoms and our democracy. We must recognize the profound threat posed by extremists across our nation who have been inspired, encouraged, and even cowered by the former president. In this moment, all across our nation, we are witnessing a full-on attack 
on hard-won, hard-fought freedoms and rights. You know what, Madam Vice President Kemalaitis, which means how bad she is in Spanish? We are facing an attack, an attack on the United States being launched by Iran. They're hitting us in Yemen. They're hitting us in Jordan. They're hitting us in Iraq. They're hitting us anywhere they see an American soldier. And they killed three of them this weekend and injured another 25 or more. Absolutely grotesque what what we're seeing come from Iran. They're slapping us around and it's not acceptable. Yet Kamala Harris wants to talk about this. Now, granted, um, she was, you know, maybe giving these uh, comments before the attack uh, on those soldiers, maybe slightly before, maybe right after. Either way, my, my point is this is what she believes. She believes this to be true. Right. She believes that uh, our freedoms and our democracy are under threat because of a man that's running for president. You've got the uh, transition integrity project from a couple of years ago. Right. Where John Podesta and, and other, um, for lack of a better word, uh, pendejos were were wargaming these scenarios saying that, you know, um, the the Republicans are going to try and do this. Trump is not going to try and leave office. I mean, it's 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 stupidity that we continue to hear that's never happened, right? It just hasn't happened. I mean, I can't think of a scenario anywhere in the world, in my mind, where any sitting president, Obama, Trump, anybody, where they say, you know what, I'm, I'm not leaving the White House. No, I decided, no, I don't care if so-and-so won, I'm not leaving. You think the Secret Service all of a sudden is going to be like, okay, we got you, bro. You might get a handful of them, maybe one or two or three, but for the most part, they're going to, you know, they're going to start apologizing, say, sorry, sir, I don't really want to throw you on the floor and, and shoot you in the leg and do whatever else might happen. But I'm um, going to do what I got to do, right? Because I took an oath. And I think they take those oaths seriously. I don't have any reason to believe that they don't take that oath seriously. So I, I don't know why there's so much emphasis being put on this idea that, that Trump or anybody else, for that matter, would not leave uh, the Oval Office or if he's elected, he won't leave. Now, I know somebody somewhere is yelling at their radio and go, oh, tell this Valdez to stop bellyaching. Tell him the reason we believe it is because we saw what happened on January 6th. We saw how he led a mob there of insurrectionists and tried to overthrow the country. All right, good luck with that one. I think we've, t- we've had that conversation one, three too many times. The nation's still here. Democracy's still here. Biden's still in office. They counted the votes and they certified the election. So, I don't know. You tell me. Where was this this grand insurrection, right? We had an incursion. It was a riot. There was a lot of stupidity. And and um, most of it was um, under the direction and the guidance of the Capitol Police. So I, I won't keep having this argument over and over, but I will say there is no threat to our quote-unquote democracy, right? And I'm not going to get into the debate either of are we a, a constitutional republic or a pure democracy, Obviously, we're not a pure democracy. It's not about majority rule. We use something called the Electoral College. We've never elected a president without the Electoral College. It's written into the Constitution. It's part of the founding of our country. Why there's always discussion about this, why everything, uh, you know, if you don't like the, anything in this country, right away we say, well, you know, that's racist. Well, we don't like that statue. Why? Because that guy was a racist. That guy owned a slave. That's this. The Electoral College is racist. The guy who wrote the uh, part of the uh, the ratification of the document discussing that, well, then those guys were slave owners. This was that. And that was, hello, this is the country we live in. This is the country we chose to live in. Nobody's ever forced me to live in this country. 
I have a passport. I can leave. I can apply for citizenship elsewhere. I don't know if I'll get it, but I can apply for it. I know plenty of people who get dual citizenship and move to other countries. There's a lot of people out there. I can't see why I couldn't move somewhere else. Or if, if at worst, right, I could just say uh, I'm going to become a snowbird and, you know, move somewhere else. When I was, uh, I was in, uh, I've shared this with you before, I was in um, Medellin, Colombia, not too long ago. And when I was there, I saw that these beautiful penthouse condos, beautiful way to live. I think they were like $220,000. It's a lot cheaper than a studio apartment somewhere in New Jersey that's overpopulated, right? <laughs> uh, without, without a beautiful view and everything else that comes there, like uh, that comes with being in Medellin, like the, um, the beautiful weather and whatnot. So when you look at something like that, I could, I could be a snowbird there. I could broadcast my show from there and move here if I hated America as much as the squad do, as much as AOC does, as much as the rest of them do. Plus, my dollar would be four to one, right? Or 4,000 to one. That's the uh, currency exchange there. 4,000 pesos or 3,900 pesos for every one U.S. dollar. So even that, in that scenario, if I didn't need citizenship, if they say, oh, you can only stay six months on a visa, all right, leave, come back, hang out in Miami for a little bit, come back, hit New York for a little bit, bah, boom, go right back. That's a possibility. And everybody has those options. Then why is it that people choose to live in this country? Why? Because it's one of the best countries ever, in my opinion, the best. I mean, I haven't lived in every country, but I can tell you I don't have the desire to go sneak into any other country, to, to take a deadly trek across any border to go live there like people are doing here. I can't think of another country that has a problem where people are dying to get in. I really don't. I mean, maybe in when there's a war, maybe like, you know, when there's massive starvation, you'll see some Haitians trying to get through into the Dominican Republic. Uh, we'll see these things on occasion, but not something repeated and not something in dire like what we have going on. But yet Kamala Harris, the vice president, she says we must recognize the threat posed by extremists who have been encouraged and even cowered by Trump. That's what they think. They think people that are on Trump's side because they're afraid of Trump. They think people are on Trump's side because they've been encouraged. I'm not encouraged. I'm encouraged by what Trump offers, not because he's encouraged me to support him. People want their country back. People want America to be the best that it can be so they can leave this country better for their children and the next generation than it is now. From, from every possible point, that's all people want. And right now, Trump seems to be the best option for that. Keep it locked right here, folks. Rich Valdez coming right back. Your calls and more straight ahead. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.
Night with Rich Valdez. Judge Anna Reyes called Little John's crime the biggest heist in IRS history and said he deserved the maximum sentence she could impose, in part because he targeted a sitting president and thousands of others. The judge compared Little John to January 6th rioters, saying that he took the law into his own hands because he was convinced of his own righteousness. She called what he did an attack on our constitutional democracy. Now, the Justice Department said that Little John went to great lengths to cover his tracks as he queried IRS databases and downloaded that confidential material, though prosecutors did not explain exactly how he was caught. For his part, Little John explained himself by saying that he felt taxpayers deserved to know how easy it was for the wealthy to avoid paying. He said he fully expected to be caught and he did apologize to the court, but he also made clear he believes he did something that he believes was in the public interest. So that is the story about this IRS contractor. Didn't even fully work for the IRS. He was a contractor for the IRS that decided, you know what? I am going to leak uh, Trump's tax returns way back when, uh, a couple of years ago, I guess. And, and he finally got locked up for it. He was sentenced to five years in prison today. Judge Anna Reyes, uh, as, as you heard in the comment, uh, she condemned Mr. Little John's actions when she was uh, giving the sentence and saying that the leak was an intolerable attack on our constitutional democracy. I I think I agree with that. I mean, the minute that that becomes something that you're allowed to do without going to jail and paying a fine is the minute that we'll do it with everybody. Every last person, every last judge, every last everything, right? It's just, it's an incredibly slippery slope. Of course, some will say, well, as long as you're doing it to Trump, it's okay. But for anybody else, no, it's not, not good. The press, um, This is a uh, quote um, that I want to read to you from the judge. The press tells us democracy dies in darkness. It also dies in lawlessness, she said. There are numerous lawful means to bring things to light. Trump was under no obligation to expose his returns. People could vote for someone else if they didn't like him. They could run against him if they didn't like him. Yeah, good point, judge. That's what I say here. Let the guy run. Let him do his thing. You don't have to keep singling him out and, and intentionally doing things to hurt this guy. That are illegal. Federal prosecutors say that Mr. Littlejohn sought uh, his job as an IRS consultant specifically for the purpose of leaking Trump's tax returns back in 2019. Littlejohn had done work for Booz Allen Hamilton. Uh, I think they go by Booz Allen now from 2008 to 2013. But he returned to the company as an IRS consultant in 2017. Prosecutors say the career move was meant to grant him access to private tax information that would allow him to leak Trump's tax returns. The DOJ says Little John considered Trump to be a threat to democracy. Look at that. Now, uh, Mr. Little John weaponized his access to unmask taxpayer data to further his own personal political agenda, believing that he was above the law. Prosecutors alleged this uh, during the trial, and I think they're right. If you go and get a job just to do the wrong thing, shoot, isn't this what the CIA does or, or foreign intelligence agents do when they come here and they pretend to be uh, part of a think tank, they pretend to be um, professors, they pre- pretend to be part of the media, and all to just topple what we're doing or to provide information and context uh, to advance the agenda of, of their government? and who they're rooting for, which clearly is an, uh, an enemy of America. 
I mean, to me, this sounds more along the lines of treason uh, than it does just leaking confidential IRS data. But again, at least the guy gets five years in jail. You know, it's better than than the usual. Well, we didn't find anything wrong. He's going to slap on the wrist. Now, he uh, he did plead guilty. And uh, the judge continued a free press, excuse me, a free press and public engagement with the media are critical to any healthy democracy. But stealing and leaking private personal tax information strips individuals of the legal protection of their most sensitive data. Yeah, I agree with that. Judge Reyes echoed the prosecutor's words when handing down the sentence, saying that little John had clearly concocted a long term plan to violate Trump's privacy. He did not make a snap judgment. He made a series of decisions. This court cannot let others view this conduct as acceptable. I need to send the strongest possible message that we are a nation of laws, Reyes said on Monday. And again, this is according to a piece in Fox News. Trump's campaign did not immediately respond. But obviously, this is a a win for Trump, uh, a loss for America. And I guess a, a win for America in the sense that we had some justice. It just didn't go far enough. But it's absolutely insane to me that we would that we're even in a place where this happens. I mean, maybe that's my own uh, naive approach to things that I think people should do the right thing, right? I don't wake up any morning and say, I'm going to go get a job and pretend to be this and pretend to be that. But maybe that's exactly what Americans need to do, right? Not to violate the law and, and, and like this guy did, but maybe to be Trojan horses, right? Maybe every last conservative that gives birth to a child, let them pray that that child gets a job in the media, gets a job in higher ed, it gets a job in one of the establishment industries that the Democrats have and can begin to topple them from the inside out. We, we don't typically think like that, but maybe that's how we need to think, because clearly the other side's thinking like that toward us. And truly, that's the only way to fight a fight, right? Somebody's throwing rocks at you. You can't sit there and put your hand up and say, hey, don't throw that at me. They're going to get hit with a rock, whether in your hand or in your face, you're going to get hit with it. Sometimes you got to fight the fight you're in. Anyway, that's my thought. Your thoughts and more coming up next, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much. America at Night with Rich Valdez. So, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, all out crazy. She's been making the uh, the rounds uh, on uh, social, not, not, not only on social media, but also on the Sunday shows, and uh, I'm going to get to that in a moment. But I wanted to... Uh, go back to uh, the topic I was talking about before, because there's, there's a lot happening in our country, and it seems that we're just not quite grasping things as we should. And again, maybe you're, you know, first time listening to the show, great, welcome. If, um, 
if it's not your first time, then great. Thanks for sticking around. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I, I say that because there is a, it's very difficult. People think that talk radio, right-wing talk radio, as they like to call it, um, the conservative perspective, it is somehow as ubiquitous as everything else. But it's not. Right? Even though CNN is losing in ratings, even though MSNBC, uh, you know, sometimes fluctuates. They have Rachel Maddow. She gets a lot of ratings. And it goes back down. It goes up and it goes down. Uh, and you've got um, – and the rest of the, the, the media, by and large, there's a presumption by Democrats that lean left and really just those that are left, right? The left within the media, the left within the electorate, the left within academia, the left within uh, our government, all of them. They, they all have an expectation that those around them are going to carry their water. And for the most part, they do. Right. So just imagine if you are a product of this generation. Right. If you're a product of a generation where you you're almost either uninterested or allergic to thinking and considering things from a differing perspective. Now, I can listen to something from a differing perspective and I can say, you know what? I simply don't agree. I think that's wrong. I don't agree. I would never do that. I see it this way because I heard what you said. But some people, um, in particular, the left within the media, they, they, will, they will get angry with you. They will get angry with you that you will not accept their side, that you will not accept their version of events. So they have monopoly, as we've seen, on social media. You know, maybe that should be part of the things I'm grateful for each day when I, um, when I you know, go through my, my list of things that I'm grateful for, thanking God. I should probably say, thanks, God, that I'm not blocked today on Instagram. I'm not blocked on, on the rest of the social media. Uh, although I probably am, right? Because, you know, uh, on the free speech platforms that uh, like Truth Social and Parler when it was around or even Getter, I was able to amass 10 times the amount of following that I get on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Twitter is a little better, right? But the other two, definitely the, um, the point of it is that they are the ones that are able to convey these messages. And, and they will suppress your message if they can. So it makes the things that we're talking about tonight very difficult to get out to people to even consider that there is an alternative or a differing viewpoint. So when people hear all day long, Trump is a threat to democracy. Trump is a threat to democracy. And then they say, well, we had to steal his taxes. I mean, what else could I do? The guy's a threat to democracy. Then a judge says, all right, you're getting five years and maybe he gets good behavior. Who knows what really happens with that? So a guy that literally went and decided to do what he did, right, decided I'm going to get a job in, in the IRS so that I can have access to these records I mean, I, it, again, I don't think the sentence goes far enough. But that is where, that is where it was, right? That's, that's where we land on this. So all of that to say, we have to do a better job in being concise. We have to do a better job, starting with me, right? All of us. We have to do a better job in sharing our message. And this is where Trump gets them because he is a better troll than they are. Right. And, and there's actually a lot of really good conservative memesters that create these memes that are able to boil down a message into a couple of words. 
And it's a skill. I definitely don't have it, right? That's why they gave me a three-hour show. <laughs> because I say what I say in a lot of words. I'm very verbose. However, some people are really, really succinct. And that is a skill that we need. Because ultimately, in, in today's soundbite society, in today's um, society that's now driven by short videos, right? Whether it's the Instagram reel, the Facebook reel, the um, TikTok uh, what's the other one they use now? Well, YouTube shorts, right? These are all very short, punchy, boom, boom, boom. Here's the message. Here's the video. Here's the essence of it and keep it moving, whether it's a joke or a cat video or what, what have you. We've got to do better. We've got to do better in being able to show people why that Trump and, and really forget Trump. Really, it's, it's not about Trump. It's, it's about a message of liberty. It's about a marriage, uh, a message of of our constitution, of our founding principles, our founding documents, what this country was started on. And they'll say that's exactly the problem. It was started on racism. There may have been racist among us. But I'm not defending racism. I never would. But when you have a good part of the world in that time engaging in the slave trade, it's not something that we started in America, that's for sure. America didn't start slavery, but it sure did stop it. It sure did fight a war over it. It sure did um, make sure that we don't do it anymore, right? That, that's, those are all facts. We did have redlining, but we don't have it today. Now, of course, somebody's going to argue and say, yeah, but we still do. Just look at the policies. Look at how it goes. No, I would argue no. I would argue that there may be instances of these things and maybe even remnants uh, in, in, and I, it's hard to even think of an example of a remnant of something. Right. I would say you're, you'd have a better chance arguing that there are remnants of laws designed for straight people and not all people. Right. There was a law back probably about 20 something years ago now where I think it was in Texas. There was a, a local ordinance that said that it was illegal for anyone to engage in sodomy. Right. That's how old this law was. And. And again, I don't, I don't necessarily argue this law. I just think um, it's overreaching for the government to, uh, you know, to tell you that. And, and of course, somebody will say, yeah, but you're okay with uh, being pro-life. I am okay with being pro-life. <laughs> nobody's dying, right, uh, because of uh, nobody's losing their right to life because of sodomy. But back to my story. My point is you have these, these uh, th- that law, somebody could say, well, that was... Uh, you know, a remnant that is a remnant of something that exists today that is outdated. Maybe you're right on that one. Maybe. But uh, when it comes to saying that we promote racism, I would say the only racism being promoted structurally or systemically are failing schools that we don't allow to fix that are run by the same people that are failing in those schools. Right. If you find me a failing school district with a white superintendent, um, and I'd say, well, maybe this white Democrat, I can guarantee you, is failing you. But my experience has been when you go to these neighborhoods, you've got a superintendent of color, just like the community. That's usually a Democrat. So then who's really failing the, the, the community? Who's really failing the country? Who's really failing these children? And is it racism if it's coming from someone of the same race? No, these are structural issues. It's systemic corruption, not systemic racism, systemic corruption. They've created a system, institutionalized corruption, where they can always do what they want to do. 
they've institutionalized power so that they can do what they want to do with whomever they want. And by they, I mean the Democrats. All right, folks, I'm coming right back. I'm getting the signal that I have to take a pause. The phone number, if you want to weigh in on this, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. And as Joe El Baboso Biden spent the weekend saying all sorts of crazy things, he um, he made a lot of gaffes over the weekend, right? You probably saw him, all these funny things that he was saying. But one of the funny things that he said was that Trump is the sitting president. Now, this one probably set all of my, uh, uh, for the lack of a better word, I'm going to call them conspiracy theorists, but I know they prefer to be called, um, I don't know, truth tellers or whatever it is. Um, and, and we agree on most things. It just I don't agree that Trump is president today, right? I just don't believe that. I think he should be president today, but I don't think he is. So I'm sure they're hearing this and they're thinking that this is fantastic. Listen to this. Did you see what he recently said about He wants to see the economy crash this year. Sitting president. They say in my face, bless me, Father, for, I mean, come on, man. (laughs) Well, he's not a sitting president, and uh, maybe he should be. But uh, Joe Joe Biden really is funny, though. That, That made me laugh. I have a big smile on my face. Hearing him say, come on, man, it really makes me laugh. And I think that's how he gets the... Some of the votes he gets, people just find him endearing. But Biden went on and he started attacking soldiers. And we're going to talk about soldiers uh, in a little bit, in about a half hour, uh, with General Blaine Holt is scheduled to be with us. Uh, Ted Cruz, by the way, Senator Ted Cruz was scheduled to be with us. And um, I don't know what happened, but something happened. Uh, His team wasn't on top of their game and um, screwed things up. So sorry that we couldn't get you him if you're upset about Ted Cruz not being on here, tweet at him and tell him his team dropped the ball. But ultimately, Biden, who's in South Carolina, and uh, he's making these types of comments, he says, um, Trump is calling soldiers suckers. Listen to this. Donald Trump, when he was commander-in-chief, refused to visit a cemetery, U.S. cemetery outside of Paris for fallen American soldiers. And he referred to those heroes, and I quote, as suckers and losers. He actually said that. He said that. How dare he say that? How dare he talk about my son and all of us just like that? Now, last I checked, uh, I think this has been debunked a million and two different times. It it, it legit never happened. This was reported by um, one of those guys, uh, Woodward or Bernstein, and just didn't happen. But... There it is. He'll say it, and he can't disprove it, and there's no video of it. There's no audio of it. He's only talked bad about McCain, as far as I can tell. But they'll keep attacking El Trumpito because they know it's hard for us to fight back in the media. I say, screw them. Let's keep fighting. Don't go anywhere. It's Rich Valdez coming right back.
Live from the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez, America's favorite late night talk program, featuring interesting guests from around the world and calls from across America. And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo. Happy to be here with you tonight, Monday night. And our telephone number, if you want to join our late-night national town hall conversation, it's 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And a couple of things I want to get into. Uh, I want to talk about American values and the culture and where it's gone but I also want to talk about a couple of stories that are pretty interesting. Um, there was a story I heard. This is really, really interesting. This story really caught my eye. A woman has a husband. He gets a traumatic brain injury. He's, you know, wheelchair bound. He's not well after this. She gets divorced, marries a guy, and her and the new husband care for the old husband. Fascinating story. I want to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, I've also for days been wanting to talk with you guys on open phones about how you get along with your in-laws. So we're going to do that at the uh, midnight hour um, at the top of the next hour. I also want to remind you about some of the things that are going on. Joe Manchin says he will run against Joe Biden if, keyword if, there is a health scare. Uh, You also have an overwhelming majority of states siding with Texas over Biden in the case of the border dispute. And of course, it makes sense. Biden is hiding behind federalism because federalism works when you're doing your job. But when you're not doing your job, we've got a problem. And this is why I've said for a long time, like right now, rather than talk about the big guy, rather than talk about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, really, that's very convoluted. Right now, the number one issue, at least according to the Harvard-Harris poll, is the border. Trump got elected in 2015 on the border. So why are we putting so much effort into proving how corrupt the Biden crime family is when we could easily say, you know what, Biden is not doing his job to protect the nation and we're going to impeach him for that. I'm hoping somebody has an answer for me on that because I think that's the way to go. Um, Of course, there's political pressure uh, building on Biden to strike Iran because they just killed three soldiers over the weekend and hurt another uh, 25 plus. Very bad news. Uh, We're also hearing uh, stories now about the American trucker convoy that went down to Canada and they've been in a few places uh, since the last couple of years. Well, now they're headed down to the southern border and good for them because they bring a lot of eyeballs, a lot of attention and a large impact with all those big, big, big trucks. So um, good for them on doing what they have to do. I love it when we see citizens doing what they can within their power. Right. You know, most people, most people, I would say, complain. They say things like, oh, I don't have a radio show. Oh, what a little old me. What's a regular person supposed to do? Well, these regular truckers decided to use their trucks and drive down to the southern border to make some noise. Everybody can do something if they try. But unfortunately, in my opinion, we've become very uh, lackadaisical and we've we've become very accepting of mediocre. And that's obviously not good. Nobody should accept mediocre because with that, we we start to have a deterioration of what we accept in society. And 
I want to talk about that because I think it's important that we talk about the culture and values and how people are voting uh, with somebody who deals with people on a regular basis. He's the, the senior and founding pastor of Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills in California. He's president of the Real Life Network and the host of the uh, nationally syndicated TV program, Real Life. And he's with us now, Pastor Jack Hibbs. Jack Hibbs, welcome, sir. It's great. Thank you. You bet. So I, I want to get your take on what you think is happening. And again, I asked this question of, uh, of Robert Jeffers the other day, and I ask it of many people who join our program, uh, why we see such a, a degradation of values on a regular basis. And it seems to be getting worse. Yeah. And again, that could be just me consuming too much negative media, but I do have eyeballs and I do see things and it does seem to be um, getting worse rather than better. What say you, Pastor? Yeah, you know, it's not just you. Uh, it is evident that there is something amiss in this nation. And for us to even sense that, Rich, for you to sense what you sense, your, your mm-hmm. opening statements, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything that you're saying on this. You, you know, as an American, you know uh, what we were once were, we, and you see where we're going. So there is a great departure. Why is this happening? We're actually experiencing what every farmer experiences when he plants his seeds, the rains come, that ground is watered, and things begin to sprout. For decades, we have been a nation that has said, God, get out of court. God, get out of school. Mm-hmm. You know, get out of the public square. We tell our kids that they're nothing but an evolutionary byproduct. And then, you know, they shoot up the place or our country goes amiss and people are scratching their head and asking the question, why? And yet in the Bible, the answer is there. If if people want to know what's going on in America and what's going to go on in America, they can take a lesson out of God's playbook. It's Deuteronomy chapter 28. Rich, you could read it tonight and you would be shocked. It sounds like uh, tomorrow's newspaper. Mm. Uh, it talks about borders. It talks about those invading Israel from from foreign lands, speaking a language that uh, Israel cannot understand, that their homes will be taken captive by foreigners, and that uh, their women will be raped and pillaged. And, and it goes on and on, and it sounds like what's going on in our day. So, again, sad to say, I'm a born, born and raised in San Diego, California. I love America. Mm-hmm. I love California. But I got to tell you, man, this is not the nation I grew up in. But when I read about my founding fathers, um, they wouldn't recognize this country today. They never envisioned this nation uh, being as godless as it is. And um, that's that's why things are happening. We've told God to get out. My concern is, did he listen to us? Did he get out? I hope not. Uh, That's why I, I love preaching the gospel. It's eternal hope. We're seeing people come to Christ every week. Uh, this last, uh, during the COVID period, we baptized over 3,000 people at the beach. So there's, there's hope on one side, but nationally, we got to get our act together. we got to get back to God. Amen to that, Pastor. Uh, folks, we're on with Pastor Jack Hibbs. He's the author of Living in the Days of Deception. That's D-A-Z-E, Days of Deception, How to Discern the Truth from Culture's Lies. And I want to get into some of that content from the book uh, when we return, because I think it's it's where we are, uh, kind of like what you were just saying, Pastor. Uh, reading uh, from Deuteronomy is kind of like reading the, the news from tomorrow. And I, I think you couldn't be more accurate on this. 
And the good news is that we have that as a template, right? We have the good news that we can refer to and we can draw our hope from that. And uh, it tells us ultimately how the story ends. And, and it ends with a win for all of us. So um, we're going to continue our conversation with Pastor Jack Hibbs. We're going to discuss his book, Living in the Days of Deception, How to Discern Truth from Culture's Lies. Straight ahead, don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. All right, familia, welcome back, amigos. We are on with Pastor Jack Hibbs. Uh, You can check him out on his website, by the way, jackhibbs.com. He's the author of the new book, Living in the Days of Deception, How to Discern Truth from Culture's Lies. Uh, I recommend getting two copies of that book, one for yourself, one to give away. Uh, There's always somebody who could benefit from those things. And Pastor Jack Hibbs, tell us why uh, you wrote the book. Obviously, uh, you're you're a truth teller. You're out in the pulpit preaching uh, every week, doing what you do. Uh, But why bring this particular message of of the culture and the lies that are um, immersed in our culture to the masses? Yeah. Yeah, first of all, it comes out of the very uh, DNA of our church. We've been a church for about 35 years and started with six people, and we've got about 15,000 adults on a Sunday. Why? Because we're a church that not only teaches the Word of God, but it's important to us to go do it. So we're heavily involved in the culture. And, and for example, voter registration, you can do it 52 uh, weeks a year at church. We get involved in propositions. We have... Uh, you know, talk about the elections. We've got people, we will interview them. We'll bring them on stage who are running for office. That said, uh, we are a church that has been well uh, baptized into many areas of not only spiritual deception, but cultural deception, political deception. And when you think about it, because much of our ministry life is dealing with people, so many people are succumbing, Rich, to uh, the lies of either social media or people who no longer see any value in truth. So I did a sermon series yeah. called Living in the Days of Deception. And the wonderful people at Harvest House Publishers listened to that, and they asked if I would write a book about it. So did that, and um, it was really their vision. I just did the message, and, and they said, can you write? And I said, let's do it. And we're really happy. As of tonight, talking with you, it releases on February 6th. Uh, but it's already been four times on Amazon uh, number one. So uh, we're very delighted. People want to know. That tells you something. People feel. Right. And notice notice the title, D-A-Z-E. People sense that they're in a fog. No matter who, you don't have to be a Christian to figure that out. People are scared. People are wondering what's going on. So the book addresses the issues, but brings hope in every chapter. Oh, I love that. I think this is 
Um, part of what I try to do on the show here, and you know, definitely yeah. not uh, delivering the gospel per se, but I just try to make sense of what's going on and try to not hate the other guy. Right. Uh, I may not like Biden or a lot of the Democrat policies, but I definitely right. don't want to uh, launch a civil war against them because I think we all have to coexist. Right. And at the end of the day, there's there's two commandments that the that we can yeah. take away from the um, the New Testament. And it's love God and love people. And if I right. if I try, if I aspire to do those things each day, um, then, you know, I can't sit here and, and, and beat up the Democrats. And I do. I beat them up. But yeah. <laughs> I can't I hate them. Well said. And, you know, here's the bottom line. And again, this is part of the the age of deception, the world we live in. If you and I love somebody rich, if your doctor cares about you, for example, he's going to tell you that that this is what's wrong. He doesn't hate you. He wants you to live longer. So, listen, when we love people and there's something amiss, if we speak the truth to them in love, that to me is a greater manifestation of somebody really caring for me and about me, they might say something that might hurt my feelings, but the end result is something that's really good versus a culture that has been somehow dupified into thinking, well, you know, your truth is your truth. My truth is mine and everything's fine. And we'll just get along. Thank God brain surgeons don't think like that. You know, uh, you know, you can't really live like that. So, when we love people, we need to love them enough, like our children, to say, listen, you cannot lick the wall sockets and survive. So no more <laughs> licking wall sockets. You can't. I love you, but I'm going to take that fun away from you. That's love, you know? Got to act it out. Yeah, I agree with that. Folks, we're on with Pastor Jack Hibbs, and uh, we're talking about his brand new book, uh, Living in the Days of Deception, How to Discern Truth from Culture's Lies. Now, Pastor Jack Hibbs, I know there's a lot of people that are listening right now and they're thinking, you know what, I'm going to get a copy of this book and I'm going to urge them to get a second copy to give it to a friend. But it seems like we're on a slippery slope. I, tr- I mm-hmm. try and I tend to not be a pessimist in everything, and some things I am, but I do believe that sometimes things look really dire and they're not as bad as they look. I think we are trending in the wrong direction, but I feel like there's, I don't know if it's uh, if it's a revival, I don't know if it's if it's an awakening, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, one bad king uh, in the throne, uh, so to speak. But um, getting a better situation would make things better ahead. Do you believe that better days are to come uh, or do you believe this is it? It's the end days. And, you know, Jesus, here we come. Well, we know that they are the last days because the Bible says, you know, it said 2000 years ago that we're not only the last days, but we're we're getting into the end of the last days. So. So that's true. However, you said something very, very correct and very right there. When um, when things are going the way that they're going, you and I know the remarkable thing about the nature of God is if he says, if people, my people who are called by my name will repent of their sins. He's not asking our, my governor, Gavin Newsom. He's not asking Joe Biden to re- he's, he's asking the Christians. To, to call out to him, and he'll heal the land. He'll, he'll restore. So America has got a history like no other nation. Our pilgrim fathers, our pilgrim fathers came here, and in that, on that Mayflower, they wrote the Mayflower Compact. And I encourage all of your listeners to read. It's only two paragraphs long, and they tell you, we came here to start a nation of worship to, in, in the honor of Jesus Christ. You can read the Mayflower Compact. That said... 
we're gonna, God gives us the kind of leaders we deserve. And that is a historical fact. The, the thing is, if we seek God and say, Lord, we've sinned against you, we, we want you back in our lives. And secondly, Rich, and I know you're big on this, is sure. once you make that declaration, you've got to now do something. You've got to get involved in the PTA, the school board, run for, run for mayor, uh, do something that can yeah. better the culture. When I read my Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's, it's all about faith. But faith is not sitting around waiting for God to come back. Faith is very active. And um, so it, it looks tough out there, but I'm praying that good people do the right thing. And obviously we're in election season. Will people vote, for example, pro-life? Will they? That will honor God. There's a lot of issues. But God says, I, I, I will not bless a country that sacrifices children. Well, what if we stopped doing that? What if we started voting uh, for candidates that were pro-life? You know, that's a great place to start right there. Voting your values. And, you know, you said something that was really important. I'm going to do it right now publicly. Uh, I'm repenting because I am so fearful that Joe Biden will stick around. So <laughs> if, if that's what it is, I'm calling on the Lord's name because we need better. We do need better. And Pastor, I want you to take the next uh, 30 seconds or so to let everybody know how they can follow you, how they can find you, and how they can keep up to speed with the work that you're doing. Yeah, Rich, thank you so much. You, uh, we're simply at jackhibbs.com. That, that one stop takes you to all of the various ministries that we're involved in. And um, there's live streaming 24-7. This is kind of fun, Rich. We got canceled so much during COVID because we kept our huh. church open. Uh so what we wound up doing is we wound up starting the Real Life Network. You can get it on any of your app providers. It's 100% free. Here's what's fun. God so provided that it's Bible teaching by all kinds of great Bible teachers, great uh, character-building content. It's free for the su subscriber, and it's free for the broadcaster. God paid the bill. It's a huge platform. It's only seven months old, and we're approaching 500,000 uh, people who have subscribed for free. So I encourage everybody to go there. And the, again, we're on radio stations nationwide. Amen to that. Well, Pastor, I want to thank you for joining us, sir. You are a gentleman, a scholar, and a patriot. Godspeed to you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, Rich. You bet. All right, folks, we continue our discussion on what happened over the weekend with these murdered soldiers. Three black American soldiers were killed um, overseas in Jordan. We're going to talk about the attack by Iran. And more straight ahead. I'm Rich Valdez. I want to listen to you, Rich, all the time. America at Night with Rich Valdez. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, of, uh, three folks who are who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. Obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. That, of course, is Karine Jean-Pierre, White House spokesperson on MSNBC today, uh, struggling to give condolences to family members killed by Iran. 
uh, to three folks, she says. Uh, these were um, three soldiers, U.S. soldiers, uh, ha- all happened to be black. I, sh- I saw a photo of them today. Um, not that it matters, you know, what color they are, but just, you know, for the sake of making the case that she just has three folks and kind of makes it plain, yet there's no outrage by BLM or anybody else like that uh, when this happens, but there is in other situations. And it, this seems to be taken... Um, they seem more concerned with how Iran is responding than how Americans are going to respond. Uh, John Kirby, who's the National Security Council spokesperson, he's at the White House uh, press briefing today, and he flat out says, look, we're not looking for any conflict with Iran. That, to me, is an invitation for them to kill more soldiers. Listen to this. Admiral, um, can you confirm, is the president currently actively considering potential attacks inside Iran? We are not looking for a war with Iran. We are not seeking a conflict with the regime in a military way. Um, and as I said in the, in the opening, we're not uh, we're not looking to escalate here. This attack over the weekend was escalatory. Make no mistake about it. And it requires a response. Make no mistake about that. I will not get ahead of the president's decision making. You're not saying either way whether striking inside Iran is or isn't. We are not looking for a war with Iran, MJ. I am not going to speak to the president's decisions. All right. So if we're not looking for a war with Iran, I guess the mullahs, Iran, the Ayatollah, whoever is that's calling the shots there, the uh, IRGC general, um, they're free to decide, I guess. Then we keep doing it until they figure out that they're going to punch us back, right? I've always said if you're walking down the street, somebody starts punching you in the face, the last thing you want to do is ask that person, why are you punching me? Punch them back. Make them stop punching you and then figure it out. Otherwise, you're just going to be a human punching bag. Anyway, I want to bring in uh, one of my favorites here, General Blaine Holt, retired Air Force General Blaine Holt, uh, at the Irascible on Twitter. He's always got great analysis. I appreciate you being flexible and staying up late with us. General Holt, welcome. I am always at your service, and what an honor to return to you, Rich. It's always good to be with you, and what an honor to follow Jack Hibbs, who I consider one of my own spiritual leaders. I've met him one time, and he's quite the gentleman. Oh, yeah. uh, Thank you for having me on tonight. You you bet. You bet. And and I I really want to get your take on this, because I I, I don't know. Maybe it's a knee-jerk reaction for me. I tend to feel like I'm a broken record a little bit, because I think, oh, my gosh, they, 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 you know, I, I was... I was leaving, I was coming, arriving at Newsmax on, on Sunday, right as this was happening, and a mutual friend of ours, Brian Leib, was leaving, and, mm-hmm. and I walked in, and as soon as I get into the green room, I see that uh, all the stuff about the border and everything else I was scheduled to talk about was preempted by these soldiers that were killed. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is it, right? Not even Biden could, could live this one down if he doesn't uh, strike back, but nothing's happening. And Maybe he does something tomorrow, but I think when you take this long of a time, uh, it just lets the world know you are incredibly weak. Am I wrong? Am I jumping to conclusions? Oh, gosh, no. I think you've given it very uh, pleasant treatment. I mean, these are five now, two SEALs, three Special Forces uh, soldiers who are lost. But think of the uh, 30 to 40 who are now going to have their lives irrevocably changed with injuries uh, to their heads that, that they're going to be managing for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, and who is going to tell those families why those soldiers were there in the first place? Who is going to say your loved one gave their ultimate sacrifice for their nation today, and this is why? What is that why? Um, because John Kirby couldn't tell you, and uh, neither could Kareem Jean-Pierre. She, she couldn't even get the words together 
to say that there were three brave Americans and heroes that lost their lives today. She had to parse and mince her words, and she had to double back over herself to make sure she was getting, you know, whatever DEI language she wanted right, whatever woke terminology she wanted to apply to it. Um, but 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 the common denominator is is true. They they do they don't want to acknowledge that Iran now is eating our lunch, and we we may have run out of time to deter anything because of them. You know, I, I think that this just invites more bad behavior. Uh, today we it see does. the uh, the Houthi rebels marching uh, atop American and Israeli flags during a rally in Yemen, and. I think this is just a big fu in the face to the United States, and this goes out over the global media. Maybe we're not seeing a ton of it here in in the stateside, but it's happening, and the world is watching. And I, I feel like you know Biden set America on fire, and we're watching it come crumbling down. I hope that it's not as dire as I'm painting it, uh, but it, we're, I think we're in really bad shape here. And I, I don't know, like what what do you think happens as we move forward when we continually get smacked in the face? And nothing happens. Now they're killing American soldiers. Uh, these are not just attacks on um, uh, foreign military installations where there happen to be Americans. It's an attack where now they're claiming the lives of Americans. Uh, how do we how, how do we respond? And what do you think Biden's ultimately going to do? Well, I think we've gone through the continuum. We used to have something that was very deterrable, um, but we kept our forces in harm's way. We didn't have a strategy. We keep throwing money at these wars. We keep blowing out our weapon stocks and decreasing our readiness. We keep decreasing the the functionality and the effectiveness of our military. You can't get a straight story. And no one will go to Congress to tell them we're in a war. And yet, Rich, the number one security uh, peril that we face isn't even there. It's, It's on our southern border. Absolutely. And it's wide open. And we're all supposed to believe that Eagle Pass is the southern border. It's not. There's actually (laughs) hundreds of miles to the left and to the right of Eagle Pass, and they're unprotected. And what we've ended up with is Iran's got units, units here, uh, terrorist factions here, Hezbollah is here, uh, the PLA is here. Um, So what what I'm more worried about than anything is we have unprotected civilians here who are going to be in harm's way very, very soon. So as this escalates overseas, Americans should not get the idea that these are foreign wars. They're, they're doomed to hatch here any time now. And, and that's what we have to hold this administration to account for. But how much longer will we keep saying this is just an incompetent national security team and not a malevolent one that is intentionally uh, shielding us from solutions that would actually uh, result in greater security to us. We, we we instinctually know better. There's a general anxiety in the nation. Wow, that's really well put. And and I think you're right. I think we have a huge threat at the border. And in the next segment, I want to dig into that a little bit with you because uh, I think it's a it's a a, a big national uh, security issue. Uh, but I also think that this this current situation that we're in. Um, it's worse than a national security issue because not only are they killing our soldiers, but we risk setting the world ablaze, right? Really just blowing yeah. things up all over the place because of our lack of of doing the job that we have to do. And people always say, well, America's not the world's police. And all I can ever say to that is, and if you have a different view, feel free to share it. But I always say, you know, if I'm six foot five, and, and I'm not, but if I was and I was, you know, 300 pounds, 285. <laughs> I would like to be. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. me too. You know, if I'm built like The Rock or John Cena uh, and, and I'm walking down the street and I see some some idiot robbing an old lady 
and I do nothing because I, I got to mind mm-hmm. my own business, shame on me for not doing the right. right thing. And, and I feel like this is what we're doing. And, and, and on top of that, you know, we're not just turning a blind eye. We're like, Hey, do you need money for your war? All right. I got you. You too. I, I got you yeah. too. I got both sides <laughs> and we're just giving out yeah. money left and right and tearing things down general. That's exactly right. But it even goes down to the lowest levels. No one, no one loves someone who serves their nation more than I do. But, but think about those who are throwing their oaths into the water every single day, into the sewer. And what I mean by that is, mm-hmm. hey, if, if you're a customs and border patrol person, um, I'm sorry. But the words that I have a mortgage and a kid don't get it. You don't get to break the law. So if the customs and border patrol leadership said, go rob a bank. Uh, are you going to go do that because you got a mortgage and a kid? And then, yeah. and then let's get to the senior levels. You're, you're two years from retirement. Is that a justification to, uh, to, to let the laws of your country go by the wayside? Because some uh, communist knucklehead above you named Mayorkas is telling you to um, let uh, dangerous criminals into our nation? Uh, no, it's unacceptable. And what, what I would implore all government servants in all departments, DOD, FBI, CIA, CBP, you swore an oath to us. You right. swore an oath to serve the people. Well, then do it. Then, yeah. then uphold your oath to the Constitution, because if you don't, I can promise you, those of us who are retired veterans and those of us who are retired from these agencies, oh, we will never forget you. We will never forget that you broke that oath. Americans, uphold your oath. Folks, we're coming right back with retired Air Force General Blaine Holt. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. years now. I want the audience to know what a wonderful, decent person you are. Very, very thoughtful. America at Night with Rich Valdez. We all agree on the need to better secure the border and to punish employers who choose to hire illegal immigrants. Uh, you know, we are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally to employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. Uh, we simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. So, folks, yeah, if you're thinking, oh, my gosh, are they playing a deep fake on the show? No, we're not, folks. Welcome back. It's me, Rich Valdez, our guest, uh, retired Air Force General Blaine Holt. And that was the voice of former President Obama when he was a United States senator back in 2005. And he said, we cannot allow uh, undocumented illegal immigrants to come into this country. It poses a national security threat. That was Barack Obama. And whatever they tell you. 
It's all a bunch of um, BS, right? There's nothing that's changed except for getting more of these people and more people allowing this to happen that has changed that situation. You can't say, well, that was then because back then, no, nothing's changed. Nothing has changed that would change one's position on that except for one being in cahoots with having an open border. And this to me is proof positive that Joe Biden is to the left of Barack Obama. And here we are today with Nancy Pelosi saying, no, but the problem is we're trying to make a deal. We're trying to come up with a border deal. And Trump saying, listen, forget the money, forget Congress. Biden has the authority to shut the border. Let's get this thing done. Where are we? Blaine Holt. (laughs) Never, never, never listen to their words. Always watch what they do. Mm-hmm. Because if you just listen to your their words, you think, oh, my gosh, the sun is shining, the rainbows are out, the unicorns will come down anytime, and, and it'll just <laughs> be lovely. But, but, but that's not the world that they do. What they do is they restrict our own agencies from enforcing the law. They sell the wall into scrap metal, and they allow China to kill us. Uh, by the tens of thousands every year with fentanyl. They encourage the cartels to climb up like a kudzu vine into the heartbeat of our nation and, 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 and corrupt our society. And then, and then let's get to the, the clear and present danger, which is 8 million some odd fighting age men that either fall into one of three categories. They're either organized military, they're terror groups, or they're um, illegal aliens that if the UN, led by Obama's Amy Pope at the UN IOM mission, if they cut off those funds in, in three months on those little bank cards they get for 2200 a month, what do you think those people are going to do? It won't be peaceful, I promise you that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the other part. The average American, the median income across the entire country is $31,600. The average Social Security check meted out to hardworking Americans who gave far more than they got back is $1,400 a month. Yet, our taxpayer dollars fuel these NGOs through USAID and the UN, International Organization uh, of Migration, takes those dollars, our taxpayer dollars, and puts $2,200 a month behind every single illegal coming across that border. So think about when that money gets cut off. Who's going to defend themselves? You know, 8 million people is far more than we have in the entire United States military, the FBI, the CIA, and Department of Homeland Security combined. So so then I guess it falls to we the people. Yeah, this is a scary proposition, Blaine Holt. And if anybody's listening, uh, Blaine Holt is the former uh, deputy representative to NATO, a retired United States Air Force general. Uh, he knows what he's talking about, frequent guest in our program. And I've got to tell you, uh, you, you laid it out so well, right? Without without wax, this was the, the real deal. Very sincere. Uh, we are facing a huge problem, and just for the record, I made a lot less than twenty two hundred a month when I started in radio. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I'm just offended by that part. But this is really, really a, a bad situation. Blaine Holt, I want you to stick with us. We got to pay some bills. We're coming right back with uh, retired General Blaine Holt. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. 
That's Valdez with an S. Senate Democrats saying that Trump is trying to preserve chaos at the border. <laughs> Go figure. Trump's not even president. Then you've got uh, Republicans saying, look, we should let in, uh, we should consider letting in, uh, you know, 5,000 a day. You had Jay Johnson, who was the uh, DHS secretary uh, in, during the uh, Obama years, who said that um, something like, uh, I don't know what he said, was 100 a day or whatever. Uh, that number getting that high, 500 a day, would, would be absolute insanity. Uh, chaos, a disaster, I think is what he called it. And uh, here we are with uh, a proposal saying that we should go to 5,000 a day uh, because, you know, we recently had 10, 12 or 13,000. And they're saying, well, we'll bring that down to 5,000. I mean, it's absolute insanity what's being proposed here. And you've got uh, a rift between Republicans because they're dying to give money to Ukraine. And some of them are saying, we've got to do this. we got to do that. And we've got to get to the bottom of this. Uh, General, I, I, I don't know where we go from here. What do you think? Yeah, I, look, these are very good points, and um, I think I think what when you have a very bad disease, you've got to have tough medicine, and we've got to save the republic now. Mm-hmm. So these foreign wars that uh, the Biden administration, through fecklessness or a lack of strategy or even malevolence uh, and corruption, that we've got to get out of them. We uh, we've got to walk away from those. We have a country to defend now, and we're on our way to sleepwalking into a con potentially a global conflict and maybe a civil war. I love it every single time that President Trump says mass deportation because because it's not about some on the hill and in the swamp. They think that there's some silly idea that you can compromise on numbers. And, hey, look, we got a great deal because only 7,000 are coming in across the border right. every day. But what if 6,000 of them want to kill you? Um, it, it's really, really time to not negotiate or compromise. It's It's time for reasonable Americans to stand up and say, look, this is not a, this is enough. We we're going to have to protect our nation now. So bring the forces home, uh, do what's prudent overseas to wrap these things up. And then let's, uh, let's do the right thing here at home and let's save our country. Amen to that. Blaine Holt. I agree with that. Uh, folks we're on with uh, former general Blaine Holt, uh, U.S. Air Force retired. You see him on Newsmax, and you can catch him on Twitter, at The Irascible. Uh, his commentary is always on point. He's got a column there as well. Check him out at Newsmax.com. Uh, General, you're a gentleman, a scholar, and a patriot, and we're all thankful for your analysis. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks so much, Rich. You bet. We'll be right back. I'm Rich Valdez. From the city that never sleeps. 17 miles from Madison Square Garden, New York City. It's America at Night with Rich Valdez. America's favorite late night talk program. Featuring interesting guests from around the world. And calls from across America. 
And now, here is your host, Rich Valdez. Hi there, good evening, and what's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to welcome you to that third hour of the program. It's Monday night. Welcome back. Hope everybody had a great weekend. If you're just tuning in to the third hour, welcome to the show. Give us a call, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. And I, uh, I want to discuss a couple of things. We talked about a lot of heavy topics earlier in the 10 o'clock hour, then the 11 o'clock hour. Again, I'm uh, in New York time. Uh, if you're tuning in a little bit later because your station, your local station carries us on a delay, then... Um, you know, whatever time zone you're in, that's cool. I'm cool with that too. And I want to just discuss a few things, right? We talked about the, uh, the big border issue that we had over the weekend. There was some leaked information, I think on Friday, uh, they continue to go back and forth over a deal. Now they're saying it's all Trump's fault. Somehow it's all Trump's fault. We're going to get to that uh, straight ahead. Um, and then there was a clip from Dana Carvey. I was with some of my buddies and they were, uh, busting my chops and they're like, Hey, have you seen that Dana Carvey clip? It was from a while back where he's uh, impersonating Biden. And I thought to myself, no, I, I don't think I've seen it. And I, I watched it. And man, I was, I was just so blown away by it. He, he's so funny. And he did such a good job. It was very, very funny. And I said, you know what? Let's play that on the show. Maybe that's a good way to start the show so we could have a little humor in the show and then we can get into every, uh, everything else that's going on, all the heavy stuff. Uh, t- take a listen to this Dana Carvey. Have you noticed that Biden's got a little feistier lately? Because when he first came out, he was like a soothing grandpa offering you butterscotch from his coin purse. <laughs> right? But Biden came out as a really sleepy, sweet grandpa. And he was like, he's always repeating this story, you know. Yeah, I went to Scranton, Scranton. I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. My dad, my dad lost his job. No joke. I'm not kidding around here. No, no human being in the world thinks that's a joke. Then he would do the number thing. Number one, the one part. Number two, what the guy said. Number three, you know the drill. Come on. No, we don't. Now what he does is he kind of whispers and then he yells. He's like, we know how to get natural gas. We can get it. We know how to get it. That's what we do. We get the people that buy the, the public, the, private, the pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was so good. And it's really, really a spot on impression of what we hear Biden doing. Of course, he called uh, President Trump the sitting president. Some of his comments uh, earlier, uh, I think it was earlier today or if not over the weekend. And uh, and there's plenty of um, other gaffes that he had. That I'm not going to get to them all, but you've probably seen them on social media or, or elsewhere. And it, it makes me think we're in tough shape over here, right? But it doesn't have to stay that way, right? We don't need to remain in this position. We can have a departure. And it's not so much that we we have to um, agree to to a Joe Manchin presidency or a Dean Phillips presidency. Although, honestly, I think Dean Phillips would be a way better president than Joe Biden has ever been. But there are options, right? And, and again, uh, I think Trump is the best option, but there are options. You know, uh, we don't know what RFK Jr. stands for. But, you know, so there's a lot of options for Democrats to, to vote for. I think there's a clear winner. And, and it's evidenced to me by just looking at history. 
you know, it's fascinating to me. Back in 2018, 2019, we had huge border issues. Back then, at the time, it was the biggest border invasions we'd ever seen, right? There were caravans. If you turned on different news channels, whether it was Telemundo, Univision, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, you name it. They all showed these people riding on trucks, on the roof of trucks, riding on the tops of trains, thousands and thousands of people arriving at the southern border trying to come in to uh, request asylum, right? They call them asylum seekers. They're no longer called illegal immigrants. They're asylum seekers. And as that was happening, Trump was able to lock this thing down. Little by little, he shut down the border. One lawsuit after the next. They said, no, you can't do that. He went to court. Oh, guess he can. You can't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, guess he can. Right. And he went and he went and he did what he did and he locked it down. He secured the border. He made the nation safer. He was able to do all of that. Yet here we are today and we've got all sorts of, uh, of crazy, right? We've got these people that are just really just, in my opinion, they're, they're going nuts. And, you know, Trump responds to them. Listen, I'd rather have no border bill than a bad border bill. And we'll play that audio momentarily. But what, what I want to get into now is this back and forth. You've got people going on CNN. You've got people going on MSNBC. And they're, they're discussing different things. You've got Pelosi on with uh, Dana Bash, uh, Senator Chris, Chris Murphy. He's on with Dana Bash. And, and they, they all have a story. Everybody's saying the same thing. It's Trump, Trump, Trump. Um, and I, I want to play you just a clip uh, of each of these because, to me, this is just, it's nuts, in my opinion, right? It's nuts to think that you can blame everybody else, or at least one guy, when you've had three and a half years uh, or you know, three going on four years of these policies from the Biden administration, allowing people to come in, no longer calling illegal immigration, illegal immigration is now asylum seeking, knowing that they don't ever qualify for this asylum. And it, it to me, it's just it, it blows me away. But I want you to listen to Nancy Pelosi. She's on CNN yesterday making her rounds to try and um, and and persuade you to believe that somehow we have a a border crisis that's of Trump's doing. You mentioned that this is compromise. Uh, President Biden seems to be giving Republicans a lot of what they have been pushing for. It doesn't look like on the issue of immigration, Democrats are, are getting much when it comes to top priorities, pathway to citizenship or even protection for dreamers. Is that OK with you? Well, the, no. The, the fact is, is that we need comprehensive immigration reform. That's not likely with the Congress that we have right now. So we have to move forward. Uh, this, uh, this arrangement that the Democrats and Republicans in the Senate have negotiated is a step forward. We have a goal. We have milestones and we have a path to get there. But uh, we were never going to get a path to citizenship in this bill. But we do want to be able to, again, all of our principles that we talked about, secure our border, path to citizenship, uh, protect the dreamers. The, some of the principles are here, some are not, but we're on our way if we can get this done. Now, I got to say, what is it that Nancy Pelosi actually just said there? Right. Because I don't think she said anything to me. It seemed like uh, Kamala, Harris, uh, Kamala Harris wrote her her response to this. It was a whole lot of nothing. Now we go on. We've got Senator Chris Murphy. He's on CNN saying, well, you know, Trump wants to preserve the chaos at the border. Listen to this. Do you have a deal? Well, we do have a bipartisan deal. We're finishing the text right now. 
And the question is whether Republicans are going to listen to Donald Trump, who wants to preserve chaos at the border because he thinks that it's a winning political issue for him, or whether we are going to pass legislation, which would be the biggest. This bipartisan couldn't be further from the truth. This guy is so full of it. I mean, how are you going to sit here and tell the American people that are watching a CNN, even if they're people that want to be lied to and want to believe the nonsense that you're spewing? How are you going to tell somebody that the president of the United States, the guy who has the nuclear codes, the guy that can supersede any governor in this country who activates a National Guard and can turn that around? This guy has all the power that that the most powerful politician in America and often referred to as the leader of the free world. How are you going to say that this man does not have the ability to shut down the border? I mean, how could you just straight faced say that? Of course he does. Biden can close the border by just simply having border agents do their job, uh, approving overtime and getting people that are off to go down there. I mean, they have amazing men and women at the border. Maybe some of them are going along to get along with this latest political craziness that's down there. But. They're they're very good at what they do. Back in Uvalde, remember that sh- school shooting? It was the BORTAC, right? It was the border's tactical team that was able to make it there and, and save the day and shut down that, that shooter. These guys are skilled. The men and women that work for Border Patrol, that work for USICS, that work for the Department of Homeland Security, these are skilled people. And yes, there's enough of them to shut the border. And if there's not, there's National Guard. And there's the United States military that can support in a non-military, non-law enforcement capacity. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. All right. Shoot. There's civilians that'll go down there. Right. Remember the Minutemen from years ago or, or the, the convoy uh, of truckers that, that are headed there now? There's so many options here. But good old Chris Murphy seems to think that this is uh, the way to go forward. He sells. He, he's trying to sell the American people on the idea that this bill could be on the floor of the Senate next week. But it's Donald Trump that's holding it up. You see, it's Trump. And he goes on to say in the next clip that it's just not true that Biden uh, has the authority to close down the border. If he doesn't, as the head of of the, the um, executive branch, in effect, he is the executive branch, then who does? You're going to tell me that we have to pass a bill to shut the border? What kind of stupidity is that? This is Government 101, Senator. Listen to this. Republicans, including the House Speaker, argue, a lot of them, not the ones you're dealing with, but a lot of them argue that President Biden already has the authority that he needs to secure the border. And they're criticizing this deal that you've been negotiating. Um, What do you make of that, of the notion that President Biden already has tools and he doesn't need more yet? Well, it's just not true. It's a political talking point. Um, Those same Republicans in the House of Representatives who say President Biden has the tools introduced H.R. 2, which is a massive border reform bill. They said it was one of their most important priorities. Um, And so Republicans have said openly that they want to pass border and immigration reform. All of a sudden, they are against border and immigration reform because they are worried it's actually going to pass. And many Republicans in the House and some in the Senate actually have no plans to help the president control the border because they want to keep the border in a chaotic situation for political purposes. Remember, Donald Trump didn't do a much better job. Uh, presentations reached a 10-year high at the border under Donald Trump. You the know only what's reason funny is that, that it did reach a high under Trump, 
but yet he shut it down. And everybody knows it. The numbers are there to prove it. People weren't trickling in at the tune of 9,000, 10,000, and 12,000 per day. It's This guy, Chris Murphy, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, he might be just as big and as good of a liar as Adam Schiff for Brain Schiff. I mean, he's just making stuff up out of whole cloth. Maybe he believes it, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's delusional, maybe he's just a liar. But... The, the facts remain. Yeah, like I just I just made that case. I think we saw the biggest caravans we'd ever seen during the Trump years. They're even bigger now. So to sit here and say that it can't happen or that it, it only happened under COVID, of course, whatever the impetus was is irrelevant. Title 42 was a very, very effective tool. But guess what? You're the president. You can make things happen. You have all of the disposal. Uh, you have all of the military at your disposal, right? All of the government at your disposal. You can do anything you want. To, to sit here and, and make this case that Biden doesn't have the ability to secure the border unless he cuts a deal with Republicans who are trying to remain chaotic at the border is just insanity. Even if it were true, even if it were true that Republicans were all like, no, you know what? We wanted that, but we wanted it, th- uh, you know, three years ago. Now it's too little too late. So we're not going to play ball with you. Biden doesn't need any act of Congress to use his authority to be the, the commander in chief the executive branch. That's just simply not true. Find me where in the constitution, it says that the president has no authority to protect this country. I'll wait. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. We're going to talk about that. Plus what Trump says to all of that. uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Don't go anywhere. This is America at night. With Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. Well, thank you, Rich, and thank you for everything. I know you very well, and I have I listen, but I have a lot of people that listen, and they love your show, and I appreciate it very much. America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, amigos, welcome back. And you heard the number, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. We're going to get to your calls momentarily. Also, uh, I've got a couple of social media uh, comments that I want to read to you that I thought were pretty humorous. And um, we're going to hit the phones right now. Let's go to Reading, Pennsylvania, W-E-E-U, and check in with Katie. Katie, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to mention a couple things. One, this uh, take our border back convoy is very interesting. Um, the reason it's interesting is because it is. And the leader of the pack there, ladies, tell me he's a Harlequin romance guy. Look him up. <laughs> well, I'll pass on the good looking guy. But I think it's great that people are out there driving these trucks down to the border. And 
Katie, what do you think? Uh, Trump says that he'd rather have uh, no border bill than a, than a bad border bill like this one. What do you think about that? I can understand why, because bad is bad, and you know, it, it's bad can only lead to worse. And, you know, when I was thinking about this the other day, I thought to myself, what is all these rules and regulations of everything on top of everything on top of everything? Haven't we lawed ourselves out? I mean, it's like they make laws to contradict other laws that they already made based on a whim or, or one situation. Or I don't know. Maybe I'm being ridiculous. No, right. I think and you're then right. The other thing I think is, you're right. And I, and I even actually wrote my representative this. It's like, I feel like, Rich, that we are in a Pinky and the Brain episode where they <laughs> did the Chia Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, Pinky built the second Earth and then everybody moved over to it. And, and here's the thing I would have thought that their big mob scene fear of, you know, the insurrection would have taught them a lesson. You know, let that be lesson one, because if we did it that time, what's going to happen next? You can only keep well, you know, the, the, the thing is, I don't believe that it really happened the first time, right? I, I, this was something that was kind of concocted and created. I think had the Capitol Police not shot the rubber bullets into the crowd that was just kind of peaceably there, had the um, FBI not had these instigators embedded in the crowd, um, you know, saying things like, we have to go inside, we got to take over, you know, trying to instigate people to get to that. This just simply wouldn't have happened because the American people are a very civil bunch. I mean, look at Joe Biden, for example, as part of the civil bunch. We're getting attacked by Iran left and right. Iran is not saying in any way, hey, we didn't do that. You're a liar. That was your deep state CIA just trying to make us look bad. Nope, they're not denying it at all. And guess what? Here we are. Dead U.S. soldiers and everything still taking it on the chin, repeating, we do not want a war with Iran. That's what John Kirby said, right? The, uh, the National Security Council spokesperson he said, we do not want a war with Iran. So, Katie, I think you're right. we got to take our borders back. we got to take our country back. And we're going to get to your calls. I see them coming in from all over the place. Uh, Montana, Indiana, all over the rest of the country. What's up with Florida? What's up with Oregon? What's up with California? What's up with New York? Looking forward to speaking with all of you guys on either side of the country. 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Valdez. Call now. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. All right, amigos, welcome back, familia. And we continue our discussion on what's going on with the biggest threat to our national security, the southern border of the United States. Or maybe I should say Joe Biden himself. I think he's the biggest threat. Plus, we've got this global threat from Iran that doesn't seem to go away, uh, killing three American soldiers. And I want to get to your calls as well. First, I want you to hear from former President Trump, who responded to this, uh, saying, uh, you know what? Look, I'd rather have no deal at all than a bad deal like this one. Check it out. Is the leader 
of our party, there is zero chance I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America. It's not going to happen. I noticed that, and I'll fight it all the way. I noticed a lot of the senators, a lot of the senators are trying to say respectfully they're blaming it on me. I said, that's okay. Please blame it on me. Please. Because they were getting ready to pass a very bad bill. And I'll tell you what, a bad bill is, I'd rather have no bill than a bad bill. A bad bill you can't have, and that's what was happening. And the House, as you know, the Speaker, who's, by the way, I think he's going to prove to be a very good Speaker. It's tough when you have a very small majority. Very tough. Mike Johnson, Speaker, he just said it's dead on arrival in the House. It's dead on arrival. We want either a strong bill or no bill, and whatever happens, happens. But this is the single greatest threat to our country right now, is the people pouring into our country, because we have no idea who they are. The fact is that if Joe Biden truly wanted to secure the border, he doesn't really need a bill. I didn't need a bill. I did it without a bill. I did it with the current laws. I used Border Patrol. I didn't have a bill. I didn't need lots of different things. So there's President Trump's response. Uh, He was at a rally in Las Vegas on Saturday delivering these remarks, saying, look, I'd rather have no border bill than a bad bill. Go ahead and blame me. Let's go to the phones on this one. Let's go right to the middle of the country, Indiana, WBIW, Bedford, Indiana. Let's check in with Sarah. Sarah, hey, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, good talk to you again. I think President Trump's absolutely right. Problem is, when they pass a bad bill, then it gives the illusion that something is going to be done. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's just no sense in passing something that's, uh, you know, a half measure or full of loopholes or full of defects, because then it gives the illusion that, hey, we passed something, we're doing something. And I think he's dead right. You don't need a million new bills, you know. Look at the Remain in Mexico policy. Look how well that worked, you know. I mean, if you really want to do something, you can do it. And uh, the Democrats don't want to do it. <laughs> right. It seems like a, a lot of, I mean... I'm sure there is some reform needed. And the reason that they're at the table is because this is a, a this is they're losing. Right. They're losing on this issue. So they finally come to the table when, uh, you know, literally we we're we're at, at the breaking point And now they want to say it's Trump's fault. It's the Republicans fault. You know, nobody's able to look at them and say, well, where were you when this was happening? Where were you when Trump was screaming about this coming down the escalator in Trump Tower? Where were any of them? So I think you're right, Sarah that uh, Trump has a point here, and I think most Americans agree with him, especially looking at that Harvard-Harris poll that came out a week ago today that says that the uh, number one issue of inflation that was on most people's minds has been replaced by the border. Sarah, I thank you for your call, and I appreciate it. Excellent input. Let's go to Dave in Wichita, Kansas, listening on KQAM. Hey, Dave, you're on with Rich Valdez. Go right ahead. Hey, Rich. It's a pleasure talking with you. I hope I got a phone out. It won't cut out on us. But uh, why don't they turn this into a moneymaker? Let's just turn the public on all the illegal immigrants and uh, let's pay a bounty. All right. Who's paying the bounty? The U.S. government. Well, it's the U.S. government that's letting them in. Well, if they can send a billion dollars overseas on a war that we don't need to be in, they can sure as hell pay the american public to get rid of this mess that's coming in on the border oh i don't i don't doubt that the money exists for them to do it 
I just don't see how, why they would do it, right? Um, it, to me, if Biden's saying to Mayorkas, look, do whatever you got to do, tie up the hands of the border agents, you know, just make sure you keep letting people back in. And he's using every last bit of taxpayer dollars to fund non-governmental organizations, to fund USAID, to help these people to come into the country, not only when they get here, then to say, hey, look, uh, we're going to, you know, if you, are you here to process a, a, an asylum claim? Great. Uh, you could be here for a couple of years. We'll get you a work permit. We're going to get you a debit card where you get $2,200 a month. We're going to get you one of those Obama phones so you can have a cell phone to talk to people. And uh, we're going to do everything we can to help you. That's that's what they're doing. So, I mean, in theory, your 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 plan makes sense that, you know, let's put a bounty on it. But in reality, it would never happen. And the, the other part of it is if we if we had a government that would do such a thing, we could do what Trump just said. Just use the Border Patrol, use the border agents, use uh, customs and um, immigration enforcement people. We, we have the manpower and the ability. We're the United States of America. We can definitely secure the border. That just there's not a will. Our government right now, led by Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas, is unwilling to do the right thing at the border. The other part of this is, let's say some private person were to say, I'll give you all this money for these people. Then where do you put them? How do we conduct the deportation? Who is going to hold on to these people once this bounty is, is you know, hey, I got one. Here we go. Like, it's literally impossible to do this. Uh, I wish that there were a way for us to do it. And honestly, these people, in my opinion, are being invited into our country. Joe Biden is rolling out the red carpet. There's no part of this process that's telling them, please don't come to the country. They're getting $2,200 a month on a debit card. They're all allowed to come into the country. They get um, whatever they can get when they on their way in. They get a cell phone. They get a flight to whatever big city they want to go to. So ultimately, you know, I could never put the fault on on the people that are coming to the country that I love, that you love, because they, they want to love it too, you know, one would think. Now, maybe they're terrorists and they're trying to um, create a sleeper cell here. Yeah, I, would, I don't want those guys here either. But ultimately, if the guy that's in charge of the front door, the back door, and the side door is the same guy telling everybody, yeah, yeah, just come in, just I'll look the other way. Don't worry about it. You're good. Like getting into a nightclub when you hit off a bouncer, that's where we are. And and lamentably, I don't think a, a bounty on, on immigrants uh, would ever work uh, because who would pay it uh, uh, except for, like you said, the federal government who's actually allowing this to happen. So the key is change who's at the top of the federal government and then we won't have this problem anymore, or at least not to the extent we're having it. At least that that's how it makes sense to me, Dave. I appreciate the call. Big shout out to everybody on KQAM, Wichita, Kansas, and um, we will come back momentarily continuing with the rest of your calls. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. Call now, 833-4-VALDEZ. That's 833-482-5337. 833-4-VALDEZ. That's Valdez with an S. America at Night with Rich Valdez. 
All right, America, welcome back. And we continue our conversation on what's going on in America, of course, at night. And um, we're going to get to your calls momentarily. If you want to chime in through social media, feel free, at Rich Valdez with an S. And uh, over the weekend, I was uh, on Newsmax TV. I mentioned that earlier. We were talking about a number of things. The border actually was the big topic we were going to discuss, but that kind of got preempted by the breaking news and continuing coverage that Newsmax was providing on the breaking story of the three service members that were killed in Jordan um, at the hands of um, terrorists backed by Iran. So we discussed that and we had lots of discussion on it. And uh, somebody, I guess, uh, wasn't very pleased with what I had to say or actually how I looked, honestly. (laughs) He said, uh, this is Norther Winslow, like Northern without the N, Norther Winslow. Uh, And he put a comment and he said, you put your tie on so loose that you can unbutton your collar to show us your neck tattoo. He put neck tattoo in all caps. And you think that was a good decision? Ha 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 ha. Dude, you look like a Mexican drug dealer. Not good. Not. (laughs) Okay. So my response to Mr. Winslow, and normally I follow the rule that says don't feed the trolls because then they'll come back looking for more. But I, I, I really was curious to know. So I said, you know, Northern Winslow, is it that Mexican drug dealers can't be conservatives too? <laughs> or is it that you don't like Mexicans or you're just bothered by people's choices for body art? By the way, what are your thoughts on liberty? I wanted to really get his take here because I understand. Uh, I was not always into tattoos myself. I always thought they looked a little uh, dirty. And, uh, you know, I thought, how are you going to get a job doing that X, Y, and Z? But then I ended up in a place in life where worse than being a convicted felon, is saying that you support Donald Trump. And having already said that and being on the record for that, that really limits the amount of opportunities that you have for the rest of your life. So I figured, hey, I might as well live dangerously, right? Like they say, YOLO, you only live once. So I got myself a couple of tattoos and and I actually enjoy them now. It's cool, the the body art, the expression of oneself. You know, I got a little Statue of Liberty uh, microphone, some headphones. It's really cool. We the people at the top of it. But my point is, the the... The, the um, I appreciate the commentary, honestly. I, I don't mind his critique, but I just think it's interesting. And I want to know what the rest of you guys are thinking about what's going on in the border, not necessarily about my appearance, um, how I look on Newsmax, but what I was talking about on Newsmax. And if you want to chime in on that, of course you can. Plus, we're talking about everything we've been discussing tonight. Uh, the phone number, 833-482-5337, 833-4-VALDEZ. Let us go to Evelyn, calling from Clarkston, Washington on KOZE. West Coast in the building. Evelyn, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. And what's on your mind tonight, Evelyn? My mind is on this uh, upcoming election and how we need to think back just a few years. If people could just have a little bit longer memory than a gnat on some of this stuff. Trump, I'm telling you, he had there was no war. Our stock markets were doing great. Our border, we, we were going to have a wall for the first time. You know, you know, he didn't ask that people couldn't come in. All he wanted was people to come in the right way. Um, he was good to our vets. He said we were energy independent. He supported our law enforcement. Oh, my gosh, I could go on and on. You know, he is the first president in, I think, ever that put um, tariffs on China. So they would have to pay pay some some tax money or whatever. There's some kind of money that they were right. getting well, away just to with. Give you a, there's always been um, a, a tariff situation, but uh, he increased tariffs and and made it. And again, the tariff is really a 
a an additional tax, not paid by China, if you will. It's really paid by the American that's buying something from China. So if you say, you know, we're going to put a, a tariff on something, it's ultimately the buyer that pays that that tariff. And it was designed to deter people from buying from China, you know, knowing if I buy it from here, I don't pay the tariff. If I buy it from China, I have to pay the tariff. And obviously you deter people from buying by having to pay this additional tax, if you will. Some people attack Trump saying, um, you know, this was a, a liberal move or something Democrats would do by increasing taxes or tariffs. But I think he was spot on. I agree with you. This was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do because when it comes to the communist Chinese, you've got to cut them off at the knees. You can't allow them to gain any more economic power, especially at the hand of more Americans giving them our money. So it made sense. And if Americans wanted to give that money away, then they would be giving it to the federal government. The Treasury would have all that extra money. And they did. And there was a lot of money that came in because people did continue to buy it from China. And that all went to the U.S. Treasury. But, it, of course, it did um, minimize certain things. And it served its purpose. Maybe not enough of its purpose, but it definitely served its purpose. And and I agree with you. Um, if we look at what Trump did and, and his record, just based on the facts, not on our feelings, but on the facts, he's he's the, the right choice for the next uh, the next term in the White House. Hopefully the rest of America sees it that way. Evelyn, thank you for your call. It's very sweet of you. I appreciate you joining the show and uh, you're welcome to call anytime. Big shout out to KOZE in Washington state. Uh, let me do one more. Then we're going to do a pause and then we're coming back for the speed round. Let's go to Sarah. Sarah's listening in New York. On WGDJ, Sarah, welcome. You're on with Rich Valdez. Oh, Rich, thank you. Um, yes, um, I grew up as a Democrat in Michigan. I grew up, and then I moved to North Carolina for 39 years. Um, I've been proud to be that. Grew up when it was great to be a Democrat. My dad um, worked on the railroad, musician. Um, anyway, Bottom line, I have totally changed my dynamics 100% because it's gone so far, 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 far left. It's nothing like what I grew up in when I had a great childhood. And I'm I'm so supportive of, I, I, I can't believe it. I've changed my views so much from, um, I, I was one of those that didn't like the, I guess the talking of Trump because I don't know why I viewed it. I'm just trying to convey that um, I am a huge, huge um, I, I, Trump fan now because I, I've, I've realized the the it's not it's not like the the fake everything. Now I'm a fan of Newsmax. I've just opened my eyes, and I want mm. everybody to know. That how right. much I realize how people do not realize the truth. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. This is um, so important to realize that when you're getting information that's one-sided, when you're getting information that's not necessarily honest, that is definitely biased, even from either side, you, you have to be able to measure this stuff on your own. And if you have nothing to counter it against, if they're not giving you the truth, you know, I try to give you, look, I give you my opinion and most people will know I'm conservative in my political views. I'll give you my opinion, but I'm also going to give you audio of Joe Biden, audio of KJP, audio of Kemal Ayres and everybody else that's out there. 
because I want you to hear what they had to say, and then we can all respond to what they're saying, because I think that's fair. That's how you have the national conversation. You don't just say Biden's bad, Biden's bad, Biden's bad, because I said so, right? You got to show everybody what they're saying, what they're doing, because the proof is in the pudding. Sarah, thanks for your call. Big shout out to WGDJ. Folks are coming right back. It's the speed round. Don't go anywhere. This is America at Night with Rich Valdez. America at night with Rich Valdez. All right, America, it is the speed round. Let's go to Brad Bowling Green, Kentucky, listening on WKCT. Brad, who do you think is really in control? Well, I think it's uh, Obama's third turn because Joe Biden hadn't been in charge since day one. Yeah, I think you're right, Brad. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of people pushing his buttons. and There's a lot of people influencing his decisions. And I think you're spot on with that one. Big shout out to everybody listening in Bowling Green, Kentucky, WKCT. Let's continue to Burlington, Vermont, and check in with Margaret listening on WVMT. Margaret, what do you think? Is Biden breaking the law or do we have laws to do this already? The laws on the books for the immigration are wonderful laws. They've been painstakingly written by people. I, I know some of the people who wrote these laws. They're fine, and they have to be careful in the House. Johnson's hanging tough there as leader of the House. They- yeah, I think you're right. Uh, what they need to do is stick to the plan that works. We have the, the, the laws on the books. We have the personnel at the border. What we've got to do is get them to allow them to work and do their jobs so that we can be a safer country. Margaret, I think you're 100% right. Big shout out to WVMT. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Janet. Janet is in Roach, Missouri on KRMS. And Janet, why do you think they're bringing in all of these immigrants? Is it for the purpose of voting? And if so, who are they voting for? I feel that in four years, that's when it's really going to hit the fan uh, with them giving them everything already uh, with the money, uh, the debit cards and things. You think like they're going to vote as Republicans? <laughs> no. Who do you think they're going to vote as? I think they're going to bring them in and register them as Democrats. I think you're right, Janet. I appreciate your call. Big shout out to everybody in Missouri. KRMS. I want to give a big shout out to our buddy Paul in Zanesville, Ohio on WHIZ. Our buddy Frank in Evergreen, Montana on KOFI. And everybody else that's trying to get through right now. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. Hasta la próxima. Until the next time, take care. Good night. And God bless you, America. I'm Rich Valdez. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.